Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art. Are you ready? Yes. No, babe, are you ready? Do you know what a cassette is? Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next? I don't hear any music. I made that tape special for today. So, music? A show where we basically create a mixtape for you, like we did in the 90s. I just, I thought this tape was going to be a conversation stimulator. Cassette, cassette, cassette. Welcome to the mixtape. Every week we are serving up an hour-long mixtape. 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 90.3 KRNU, welcome to the mixtape. This week we are doing 60s and 70s punk, and I'm your host, Casey, and I'm here with Adam Wagler. Hi. Hi. Okay, you have to give us your whole title. <laughs> My whole do title. Ooh. Uh, I am an associate professor of advertising and public relations at the College of Journalism and Mass Communications at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Okay, I'm going to need you to put all that on a business card in like a really graphically pleasing way. <laughs> Will do. Immediately. <laughs> so we're talking about 60s and 70s punk, and I know we're going to talk about punk a lot because you love punk. Good stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we're starting with the 60s and 70s because that's kind of where um, it all began with kind of a movement called proto-punk, which would be like pre-punk what got you into punk in the first place what do you like about this really old punk well i think what i got into it is i just always have kind of played music my mom made me like take piano lessons and all that kind of stuff playing band and junior high and then um, in a small town in iowa in the early 90s there's not a whole lot of internet going on at that time so <laughs> you kind of have to do your best to find music um, beyond like the classic and pop music so i think uh going on a college visit um with my friend who had older brothers that were in college in Simpson, uh, in Iowa, it's in Indianola, Indianola. I remember hearing um, Helmet and the Beastie Boys, and that was as about as underground as it got, you know, for small town <laughs> Iowa. So I think that got kind of started in terms of like, there's this other kind of music out there, and being in junior high, you can't just like get in the car and go anywhere. We could ride around town, but. Um, there was actually a, a 1-800-MUSIC-NOW <laughs> line that you could call and listen to 30-second clips. So we would, I think, I mean, <laughs> as research goes, like we would have to research like some cool bands and talk uh, to the record store that was 20 miles away when we were up there to try to get like names and then be able to search them through the phone line and everything. So, and then, then we actually started playing and I think it's just like a natural thing. Like when you hear the music, you just like pick up instruments and like try to like figure out those chords and then... Uh, just kind of go from there and yeah, played in bands and went from there. So. Well, punk is a good place to start if you're a person that's trying to learn an instrument because punk is, mm, let's call it 60% attitude, 40%, <laughs> um, you know, talent or prowess. And there, there have been some incredibly talented punk bands, but a lot of punk bands are really dealing with very simple chord structures. Um, you know, there's a lot of three piece punk, punk bands because really it's just about like making loud, fast noises. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I think that's something interesting too, like with all music, I think is why I'm drawn to it is I was an art student too. So like not only like hearing the music and attitude and the energy, but also the visuals that kind of went along with it. And you know, it's just like totally out there and totally attitude <laughs> to the max. So right, if you're a teenager, oh yeah, there's really nothing better <laughs> yeah. than freaking out your parents <laughs> with some Misfits t-shirts or whatever you got going on. So I wanted to start this week with the MC5. Yeah. So MC5 is a band from Detroit. It's called MC5 Motor City Five is what it stands for, and they were a, a very impactful proto-punk band. So what what is it about MC5 that you like? I think it wasn't something that I originally started with, but I think what I like about it and, and the song we're going to listen to is Kick Out the Jams just because it's, it's so iconic. And to me, that it blows my mind that it was like, you know, 
late 60s, early 70s, and you're starting to hear that. And you can kind of see where it came from, you know, but I think it just the energy and the, we were talking about earlier, like just the sloppiness and like just mm. like just full throttle and somehow they're staying together, <laughs> you know, like at any yeah. minute it feels like they're just going to fall apart. It really does. <laughs> I feel like they're careening down the road. Um, you know, the early 60s for music was a lot about like kind of that Laurel Canyon, California mm-hmm. sound. And then all of California was where the counterculture movement was. But just like the Midwest, I mean, I think you can draw comparisons to now people felt the economy and they felt different than people on the coasts. Mm -hmm. And that kind of gave way to a lot of just blue collar rage, (laughs) which really pairs well with punk rock, honestly. (laughs) So one of the, my favorite stories about the MC five is they set up outside of the 1968 democratic national convention and they played for eight hours. (laughs) They played for eight hours. Neil Young showed up to play and MC5 played so long, he just left. Like, he didn't even, he was like, okay, I guess I guess this is what's happening. And um, that's sort of what I love about him. So let's do Kick Out the Jams. This is a mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Kick out the jams, man!
90.3 KRNU, welcome back to The Mixtape. The Mixtape every week is um, a show where we basically create a mixtape for you, like we did in the 90s for people that, you know, we liked. Did you make mixtapes for people? Tell me you did. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna make you, I'll make you a mix. <laughs> cassette mix, right? Not even... You have to make a cassette mix. You <laughs> yeah. do. You have to fast forward and record at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You're really committed to a mix when you listen to it on a cassette because you yeah. have to listen to every song. Yeah, you got to earn it. <laughs> so, Adam, you picked um, punk, and we're doing 60s and 70s punk. Just listen to MC5, kick out the jams, and now we're going to move from Detroit over to New York City where a lot of our punk is centered today with the New York Dolls. Yeah. So how do you feel about the New York Dolls? It's kind of what we were talking about with MC5 is the same kind of thing, like totally different look, though, totally different. I wouldn't say necessarily style all the uh, in terms of music style, like it's still (laughs) sloppy, it's still grimy and, you know, it's got this attitude, but totally different approaches. Yeah, the physical style is very different with the New York Dolls. They are super glammy. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. New York Dolls were early 70s, like 71, 70, 71. But they did like a lot of velvet and satin and there was kind of a New York City art thing. Yeah. MC5 didn't have any of that. No. <laughs> no, and I think that the contrast is, you know, pretty cool, you know. And I but I think that's it goes to maybe show like the breadth of who yeah. you're dealing with in terms of the the personalities and the different approaches to it. I don't um, think you could be a punk band in Detroit and wear satin. I just don't think it, <laughs> no, I, just I don't, don't think, think people would be okay with that. But in New York, totally different. Yeah, and I suppose that speaks to, you know, like you you kind of reflect where you come from and you use your influences to um, get to certain places. And and for New York Dolls, obviously, like there's this like thriving art scene going on and tons of cool stuff happening. And I can't imagine that didn't heavily influence. Well, of course. You know. I mean, you've got Andy Warhol just walking right. around. That <laughs> right. just has to have an influence. <laughs> yeah. David so, Johansson, the lead singer, is really iconic. He had all this just ha- mane of hair and um, all the fashion. And he went on to have a hit in the late 80s. Um, it was a cover of Hot, Hot, Hot. And he went by Buster Poindexter. <laughs> and he wore like a tux. And it was crazy. Like all of this marimba stuff. It bananas. <laughs> I love it so Good much. Mm-hmm. So what song? did you choose from the new york dolls uh, the looking for a kiss um it just has the same kind of thing like it's just raw and good stuff just good rocking song but there's a super cool breakdown and then they have this kind of like you know uh blues coming back in and it just i don't know i, I love when it comes back in with the drums and then the looking for a kiss and they just go back into it it's awesome let's do looking for a kiss it's 90.3 krnu the mixtape when i say i'm in love you best believe i'm in love l-u-v Looking for a kiss Well, won't you tell me why those kids are moving so slow Is it that they just don't have a place to go When the day starts breaking, the sun is gonna shine It's hard to sleep if I'm in time 
I'm looking for a kiss When everyone's going to your house They'll shoot up in your room Most of them are beautiful But so obsessed with gloom I ain't gonna be here when they all get home They're only thinking I'll be They won't leave me alone I didn't come here Looking for no six I, I, I know I've been hounding on streets All night long way, Just looking for a kiss Looking for a kiss. 90.3 KRNU, welcome back to the mixtape. Our mixtape this week is 60s and 70s punk. And we've hit MC5, and then we went to New York for New York Dolls. But now, going to kind of change courses a little bit. Staying in New York, but something very different than the New York Dolls. <laughs> very, very different. Different haircuts. <laughs> different wardrobe, but all the same last name, and that's the Ramones. Yeah. So what is your, the Ramones are so iconic punk. What is your relationship to the music of the Ramones? Sure. Um, I think like anybody, you see them in movies and, um, you know, want to be sedated, all that kind of stuff. Like it's just kind of ingrained. I don't even know when I heard them first time, you know, but you just always know that that's a song and you have a connection to that somehow. They were like on Saturday morning cartoons. There was like a Ramones cartoon (laughs) (laughs) way back in the day. They were everywhere. They did some cool stuff. Um, And then I think where I really got into them, probably I I did a paper in high school about the Ramones and I don't know how I found any information about it. I already mentioned small town, but somehow I found like... Like information about it but um i think uh tell me you went to the library and like looked through the card catalog yeah, or the micro yeah. i got the microfiche out for the ramones yeah so um <laughs> but then i you know you, you get into them but then uh, i play in a band and we we would always we'd always play originals but we always the covers we did do were actually ramon songs so we would do like a three song like just smash through three Ramon songs right. right in the middle of our set. And it was always fun because if you've seen the Ramones, they just like tear through their songs. Like it's like a 20 minute set and you're like, I just got my face kicked in. <laughs> right. Thing, you know? A 20 so. minute set and you heard 15 songs. Yeah. They kind of did this like 50s throwback, like leather jackets, jeans. We're not trying to be, we're not trying to be fancy. We're not trying to be the New York Dolls. Yeah. We're not trying to be art house or anything else. And you know, face wise, not too great. Uh, <laughs> But I think that, you know, they made it work. I think that's what's cool about like a lot of the punk stuff is there's like this kind of DIY, get it done, you know, and even, you know, I think there's some element, you know, where they wanted to be pop stars, but you know, they, it just didn't quite like turn out that way, but that's <laughs> just what's cool. just looked in the mirror and we're like, no, yeah. no, no, no. But you can hear it like in some of the songs that they have, you know, that they were, I don't know if it was trying to be poppy, but they definitely had this like kind of like you know, pop music influence that they were trying to, you know, incorporate into what they did in their own style. And, and then the whole like kind of scene around like CBGBs and mm-hmm. that Max kind of Kansas area. City. Yeah. That yep. kind of is really cool. And I think, you know, them having like the leather jackets, blue jeans, you know, everybody kind of wear the uniform kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then mashing that together with like the super fast three chords, you know, one, two, three, four kind of thing. And just tearing through songs like is something unique like it's memorable in all sorts of ways and then um 
you know, I, I think part of me, what, what gets it is there's, you know, all kinds of crazy, awesome photography around that era. You know, um, I suppose it's the art scene and the music scene, um, and then the different characters that you have. And it just really brings it to life with some of the, the photography that was happening around that. I remember I had a book of like uh, punk rock photography. The Ramones, none of them are actually named Ramon. Um, <laughs> they all adopted that name as part of this cohesive thing. So it's like a piece of branding. Um, which is interesting in the punk scene because most punk bands, or a lot of punk bands anyway, just kind of like did their thing and had tons of infighting and mm-hmm. like the Sex Pistols who we're going to talk about in a second, everybody just did their own thing and it was clear that it was just a chaotic group of folks that were immediately going to shatter. But the Ramones, you never got that vibe. And I think that speaks to even the longevity of the yeah, band right. itself, right? Like Sex Pistols are around for like a year and a half or right. two years, whatever it was. And then, you know, the Ramones just seemed to be around forever. Yep. Like I, my first concert was Lollapalooza in the late 90s and Ramones were on That's that fantastic. concert, that, that venue. So, um, you know, it's kind of like ACDC. Like you expect a certain sound yep. from the Ramones. You expect ACDC to sound a certain way and they just like did that. Let's play some Ramones and we're going to do two tracks from the Ramones. The first is Beat on the Brat and then go into Want to Be Sedated. This is 90.3 KRNU.
90.3 KRNU. Welcome back to the mixtape. I am here with Adam Wagner. We are talking 60s and 70s punk. Kind of did the New York scene, so um, I feel like we need to go across the pond, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's time for the Sex Pistols. <laughs> and he, as you said earlier, they were only together for like a super short period of time. I think it was just two years or maybe maybe three, but that's yeah. giving them a lot of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of credits. <laughs> but I think that's what's cool. Bands like Minor Threat and like sex pistols like they're just around for a split second and they just do something cool you know and it makes a huge impact and i i think it's just weird to think about like that short amount of time frame to have that big of an impact and have it last that long i think what maybe is most interesting about like the sex pistols itself the chaos that created the greatness of that music the just sneering crabbiness of it all right <laughs> because it's it's insane to me that the sex pistols had a number one song um that's pretty crazy yeah. but people were digging it and it was just a time in the uk when the economy sucked and every all the blue collar workers were like not people just didn't have any money and the economy was not doing well they were had rebuilt after world war ii a little bit but they had kind of a lot of mix societal mix going on there was a lot of immigration just angst and anxiety mm. about things which kind of boils over into music a lot i mean that's where we get all these political bands mm-hmm. but the sex pit were like, okay, we're going to take that and we're going to turn it up to 11. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> we're going to scream about it. And well, yeah, about the Queen specifically. Right. I can't think of any other band who has been as mad at the Queen <laughs> as Johnny Rotten. Right. It was on the top of the charts, but it was actually blacked out. Like in yes. <laughs> it didn't even say like what the song was. Right. You, just, like, you'll never out. know as, yeah. if, as if you couldn't figure it out. <laughs> it's so great though. <laughs> Doing things for a purpose, I think, is maybe what is interesting about them. And, and then obviously, like the music is super cool in terms of like Steve Jones and Paul Cook. I think they're great musicians in my opinion. Like I love listening to those two coming up with like a good riff and like just a solid beat to me. Like I always, that's usually what I hear when I hear the Sex Pistols or, mm-hmm. or those two. And you know, Johnny Rotten, like kind of singing around that is kind of how I singing. Yeah. I mean, let's hear yelling, screaming. That. Yeah. But I think it's great. You know I mean? But that's like, I think what's nice about it is is the contrast or the complement of characters that come together in this like kind of weird mess of music and then somehow like an album got made. I think that's just fascinating. I mean, can you even imagine how it was in the studio for those guys to make an album? A lot of their tracks like just seem like they hit record in a practice, you Mm -hmm. know, setting and you just hear all the kind of chaos and madness of how the... I cannot imagine any of them stopping it and being like, I don't think we got it, guys. Let's (laughs) Let's let's go again. Let's go again. Okay, Sex Pistols, it's time for that. Problems and Substitute on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU.
commission for anything. Tape. I'm Casey and I'm here with Adam Wagler and this week we're talking about 60s and 70s punk and making a mixtape for you. If you have never heard 60s and 70s punk, you're hearing it today. <laughs> it um, 60s and 70s punk doesn't sound that much like today's punk. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, some of it, you can hear like echoes of it, right? Like, hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Like, you know, I can definitely pick out like current bands that sound like the Ramones or the Clash or Sex Pistols, but not exactly, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think time, place, environment, context all, like, plays a part, and I think the Clash is interesting just because, you know, it's, it's an interesting contrast, I think, between, like, the Sex Pistols and the Clash. Like, you could maybe somehow lump them together, but they're very different bands. They sound very different. Mm-hmm. To me, it's almost like, <laughs> you know, if... If the Sex Pistols are off, like, running and being crazy and wild, then the Clash are, like, this kind of militant, like, 
yep. unified force that are going to take over, you know. So Well, and Do- Joe Strummer used to be in a band called the 101ers, and I, they, I believe they opened for the Sex Pistols. Like, it was, and then they were like, nope, not, not for me. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, because you'd think the Sex Pistols would be more political because of all the Queen stuff, but the Clash were really political. Right. But more about issues rather than just yelling at the Queen. Yeah, to me, like, it, it's kind of, I don't know, I suppose it, it reminds me of like they have that more working class background where mm-hmm. not that maybe the sex pistols didn't, but they're like from London. They're the big city and they're, you know, kind of, you know, I suppose like what we've already talked about in terms of like MC5 versus New York Dolls, like two different places, two different backgrounds, mm-hmm. maybe two different views of the world. And um, it, it comes out in the music, which I think is pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, with The Clash... It was kind of one of those things that they signed to a major record label. And I think a lot of punk bands run into this, right? Like you want fame in that you want people to hear your music. But then once you achieve fame and all the trappings of fame, then you are no longer punk, right? You're no longer the anti-anything because now you are the establishment. (laughs) So the Clash kind of ran into that because they had a lot more. I mean, the Sex Pistols had a hit, but then they sort of imploded. The Clash had a longer career, a little bit longer career. And then toward the end, especially, they had some big hits. Should I Stay or Should I Go? Um, Rock the Casbah. They had quite a big, quite a big following there at the end. Um, How do you see that going for punk bands? Has it ever, have you ever been sad about a band that got too big? And you're like, I can't like them anymore. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I suppose. But to me, like a lot of times, like music is, is contextual. Like it is where you're at in your life or what you're actually doing. And you kind of find things for different reasons, whether it's a friend or you actually go to a concert or you just like, it shows up in your Spotify, you know, playlist or whatever, Mm -hmm. somehow um, that you come to music in different places and then, for me, like, you know, I think when I was younger, like, oh, they're sellouts or whatever, you know, like, they, you know, they, they just got big or whatever. But I think nowadays it's like, you know, if it's good like, music. Wait, they have a mortgage. Yeah. Like, why, why can't I be cooler about right. this? Uh, yeah. So I think I have a little bit better view of that. But but I think, too, like, I, you know, if it's good music, it's good music. My I have, like, one playlist on my Spotify playlist that is, like, I don't know, this massive mashup of all different genres. And I think, you know. If you're into it and you like it and go for it, you know, I think that's totally cool because for me, like the clash, you know, it's just this like evolution, you know, because you can definitely see like in their first stuff is, I mean, I would say it's more punk rock, right? You know, I wouldn't say it sounds like the Sex Pistols, but there you could see where they might get, you know, lumped together. Um, But then I think you see the clash kind of evolve um, with their own music styles and you start to hear like ska and reggae kind yeah. of come out in some of it. I was going to say, they, they do kind of incorporate some of those notes in the later work, and mm-hmm. I also think that that kind of, again, comes back to what was happening in England at the time, mm-hmm. right? There was a huge wave of which is where we get second wave ska then, too, yeah. um, in the 80s, and so all of those things are kind of mixing together, and the Clash allowed themselves, within the structure of the Clash, to explore some of those things, yeah. which is pretty fantastic. That's not something I can imagine the Sex Pistols doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you have the specials at the a similar time, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, I, I think you just kind of get influenced by different things, and I definitely think the clash were the type of band to be influenced and let that kind of take them wherever, you know, that kind of goes. And you got to respect that. Like it may not be the most, you know, profitable like mode all the time, but you have to kind of respect like an artist view of like, 
how you're kind of taking in influences and like pushing it back into your own work. And I think some of the best like music and best um, art comes from that. And it may not be like respected all the time right away, but it definitely like has its place and, and grows on people. And it, it's like this kind of time capsule of like what they created. And I think, you know, it, he did some super cool stuff, Joe Strummer, even after the clash that mm-hmm. I think's um, worth taking a look at. It's just a solid place to start with the clashes, their first album, like all the songs on that first album is just awesome. So it's definitely where to start. Cool. Well, let's do that. London's Burning. It's 90.3 KRNU, the mixtape. London's Burning! London's Burning! Zone. Forget it, brother, you can go in alone. London 
draw another breath London calling And I don't want to shout But while we were talking I saw you nodding out London calling See, we ain't got no hide Except for that one With the yellowy eyes The ice is just coming The sun's zooming in Engines stop running The wheat is going through A nuclear error But I have no fear Cause London is drowning
90.3 KRNU. This is the mixtape that was The Clash, Death and Glory. And I'm here with Adam Wagler. Our mixtape this week is 60s and 70s punk and kind of like proto-punk type stuff. We're going to do so much punk with you. (laughs) Adam loves punk. I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I know that we're going to talk about 90s punk. We're going to talk about all that stuff on other episodes. But if you had to give people like a feel of your favorite punk bands from this era, 60s, 70s, where would you fall? Who's who's your listen to, your your desert island punk band from the 60s and 70s? <laughs> well, it'd probably be Sex Pistols and Clash, I like it just because it's pretty solid. I, I don't know if it falls in the category of punk, but definitely in my mind it fits is uh, the specials. Like, you know, it's it's more of that dance hall stuff, but it it is that counterculture, like setting the style and that sort of thing. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the specials because um, – like too much too young these are all super political songs right i mean it's about it, it sounds like dancey stuff it sounds like pop music or ska mm-hmm. but then you look at the lyrics and you're like okay <laughs> how about this this is this is something this is about birth control or this is about whatever particular political issue a lot of times it's about um socioeconomic status but it's about all those kinds of things and that really takes a page less from pop and more from punk i think so yeah that and that's probably where to me it starts to just combine into and starts to mesh i suppose like any other genre you know like you could say something's metal, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, right. and then you get into all this conversation about like the nuances and different styles. And Well, and those lines should bleed. Yeah. I mean, we should go from punk and then seamlessly kind of go into ska. That only makes sense. And it also only makes sense that ska kind of leads to pop music and synth <laughs> in a lot of ways. Okay. Um, just like reggae led to ska in the first place. <laughs> So there's a lot of uh, a lot of crossover there, and that's good. I want to talk about this band that you brought to my attention, and they are a uh, proto-punk band or a punk band, uh, early punk band called Death from Detroit. Yeah, and I, to be honest, like I, 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 maybe it's probably like a lot of people how they even heard about it is like just this documentary a band called death and it's like i don't know who death is like tell me <laughs> more about that you know tell me more about <laughs> yeah. death and it's a great documentary like you, you great music great story you know it, it's it's just it's one of those things like it should have been like right there with like mc5 new york dolls like it was right around that time and you just don't hear about it and that's where the documentary talks about but they have some great music that actually it you know got re-released and all this kind of stuff happened i I don't know if it was exactly because of the documentary but i would imagine that's where a lot of the you know awareness got raised but they have some really cool songs that are worth checking out i guess and that's kind of why i mentioned it i'm really interested in this band because it's it's brothers but they're also Mm african-american dudes making punk and metal music at a time and frankly even still now you don't see a lot of african-american people um, female male whatever making this kind of music Mm -hmm. so does the documentary address like how it was that kind of color barrier part of it that maybe they didn't get the attention yeah and i'm sure it was it was setting it was race there was a lot of you know uh, issues that were kind of wrapped around you know them being successful uh, in the place that they were Um, But I think that to me, like, it's a great story about how you come to music and whatever you're into, you're into. And and what I think is cool about their story is they were just playing stuff they thought sounded cool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And when you listen to some of it, you can kind of hear those influences of like um, more of the funky stuff and, you know, maybe even Motown and 
they sped it up and maybe they heard MC5. All that kind of stuff is they just kind of mashed it together into like what they thought would be a cool sound. And I, I, it's a it's a cool story. And I'm glad that they, you know, I don't think they're like famous by any means at this point. But like, it's great that like their music had has been kind of like uh, rediscovered, if you will. And yeah. it's it's out there so people can listen to it. That's pretty great. I always think it's really important to give uh, people of color kind of a place in music that has not traditionally been associated with people of color, because whether we all have seen it, it has been there the whole time. Mm -hmm. They just haven't gotten the light shown on them. Bad Brains in DC, even like Seven Dust, who is a, I mean, certainly not current current but they've been out for you know 15 20 years but having from um the south and having african-american members in bands like that has always been one of those things i felt like people didn't get the media attention that maybe they should and when they did it was for all the wrong reasons right not the so, music itself right but, everything. but, yeah. but like ooh, what a novelty and yeah. that's not at all what it is there's always been um african-american folks in rock and punk music so that's cool so this band is called death and what's the name of the song um, it is called uh, Keep On Knocking. Here's Death. It's Keep On Knocking on 90.3 KRNU, the mixtape. Yeah, I'm 
90.3 KRNU. Welcome back to the mixtape. And I think we covered it. 60s, 70s punk has been the theme this week. Thank you so much, Adam, for hanging out and talking about punk music. Yeah, I'm sure. It's not the last time. (laughs) There'll be more to come, but I know we didn't cover all of it. And that's like the maybe the uh, trap that we're falling into where we're going (laughs) to make some people mad for leaving people out. You know, but that's that's the beauty of this, right? Um, Is that you can listen to something like this and say, okay, I appreciate all of your hot, hot takes. But you guys forgot about X, Y, and Z. And that's great. We can all have our own um, experiences and opinions. And I'm sure your 1-800-MUSIC hotline <laughs> thing. You'll have to try it out. Directed. <laughs> I need to know if that still exists. <laughs> that is my homework for this evening. All right. We will have a new episode next week. So check us out then. It's 90.3 KRNU.